our children to kids' crew. So this is for all of our kids who are fourth grade and under. They're going to join our leaders as they head upstairs for kids' crew this morning. And they're going to have a great time. I encourage you to turn your Bible to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, I've already sort of tipped the hand, if you will, that that's where we're going to be this morning as we continue our study through the book of Romans. Every so often there is a a viral movement that happens, kind of an online thing, right? These viral movements. You remember a few years ago, it was the ALS ice bucket challenge. You remember when that was a thing and everybody was taking like, we we were taking uh, buckets of ice water and dumping it on our head and then you'd challenge some other people to do the same thing. Not too long ago that the memory of that came up on uh, on time hop on Rayleigh's social media. She had posted it and so then she's sharing it and we're looking at our kids and just laughing at uh, how little they were then and, and we got a kick out of that sort of thing. But there are these, th- these things, right? These viral movements, these, these online phenomenon that happen. I, I remember last year there was one that was going around that was with, uh, like with, with young people, with, with high school kids. And it was something about, well, it was a TikTok thing. And I don't remember exactly what it was called. But kids were going like into the bathroom. They were like taking sinks and soap dispensers and stuff, which sounds really ridiculous, right? But it was a thing. They were doing that. And so like at the schools, they were having to take the doors off the bathrooms and stuff because kids were trying to like rip the sink off the wall or whatever. And, and that all started with like a, a viral online thing. So, so sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're cute, sometimes they're really ridiculous. But there are these, these movements. Well, what you have essentially in, in the gospel is a, a movement that started in the first century. And so we understand that the, the disciples began to preach and proclaim the message of Christ. We see that in the book of Acts. And as they preached the gospel and they traveled to cities, then the gospel began to spread and there was a movement that started. Now, movements in that day worked a lot different than movements today, right? They didn't have TikTok. They didn't have, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have social media. They, they didn't have cell phones. And so the way that a movement started in in, in the New Testament was by the good old-fashioned word of mouth. Somebody would go to somebody and they would tell them something and, and they might believe that and then they would share that with somebody else. And so it truly was sort of the, the birth of a movement as the gospel exploded and people began to trust in Christ. And as Paul is writing to the Romans, which is the church in Rome, of course, that's where the letter gets its name. He's written to believers in Rome. He's writing to a group of people who have responded to this movement, this this explosion of the gospel that had taken off in their own day. And these people have trusted in Jesus, but they're, they're, they're a part of a culture that has not fully embraced the gospel. I mean, some have, of course, but many hadn't. And in that way, we can connect with and identify with the, the culture, the, the, the moment that the gospel is, or that, excuse me, that the letter is being written as the gospel has reached many people, but there are a number who haven't believed. In our own day, the gospel has reached a lot of people, and yet there are still untold thousands, even millions in our, in our culture today who haven't trusted in Christ. And 
as we think about this text this morning in Romans chapter 10, there's really two key parts, one of which is, is really just the, the extension of what we studied last week in Romans chapter 10, that we would trust in Christ by faith. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, amongst the most well-known verses in all of the Bible, especially in the New Testament, we see that whoever would believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13, will be saved. We saw that last week. And so that's a, that's a clear call for us to come to Christ in faith and to believe in Him and trust in Him that we might receive forgiveness of our sins, salvation in Jesus. But not only are we saved, we're also sent, as we're going to see this morning in Romans chapter 10. That we are sent. Those of us who have trusted Christ are sent to share that message. Now, to be fair, there are some that God sends to the far reaches of the earth. There are some that God sends quite literally halfway around the world. But that's not most, at least not most of, of us, right? There may be some this morning that even as we talk about being sent, maybe God's going to stir your heart. And maybe he's going to move in such a way that you would accept the challenge to be sent. And maybe God might be leading you to the far reaches of the earth. But for most of us, when we think about being sent, it's not about heading across the world. It's really about going next door. It's, it's about the person who maybe their office is, is next to ours or their cubicle or, or their workstation is. Maybe it's the person who lives next door. Maybe it's the person that you interact with on a regular basis, a coworker, a friend, a family member. Sharing Christ means that we have to we have to be burdened for those who don't know him, and we have to understand that we are being sent. To sh- and, that's, and that's the essence of a movement, of what a movement is all about. That we're called to be a part of this movement that is advancing the gospel as we love people to Christ and we multiply disciples. What we see in Romans chapter 10 is that God's movement is all about people. God's movement is all about people. That as we pray, God, move me that he's going to move in our hearts, that through us he might reach his others as well. You see, it's all about people, that we would respond, and then that as we respond, that we would be obedient, that God would use us to reach others as well. The movement of Christ is all about people. And as we think about that movement today, I want us to, to really understand that those of us who have responded by faith in Jesus, that we're a part of Romans chapter 10, verse 13, because we're a part of the everyone in Romans 10, 13, that now we are being sent with the gospel to share Christ with others. And so let's read together Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 14, through the end of that chapter, as we consider what it means to be sent with the gospel this morning. Romans 10, 14, how then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? So again, reminder, verse 13, we saw that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so as it picks up this next verse, well, how are they going to, how are they going to respond unless, unless someone is to, to go to them, right? That's what, where we are. And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they've not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, 
Have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. And so the the point of what Paul is writing here is about this movement, that we are to respond to the gospel. That's the everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then as we respond in faith to the gospel, we are sent to share that message with others. So I want us to see three key things about being sent this morning. Again, understanding that this is all about people, God's movement is all about people. It's about taking the gospel to people. And so as we think about taking the gospel to people, as we think about God's heart for the world, that everyone who might come to faith in Christ would be saved. And as we understand it's God's desire that people would come to him in faith, surrender their life to him, that they might be saved of their sin, we need to see our role in taking the gospel to people, that we are sent, as it says in verse 15. And so three key things. First of all, we see that God sends his people to proclaim the gospel. That word proclaim is key. Now, in, in verses 14 and 15, we see the word preach or preaching. That word preached or preaching, that's the same word for proclaim. You can translate that word from the, the Greek language to be preach or proclaim. And, and I want to consider it as proclaiming for a minute It means the same thing, but when we use the word preach for us, preaching is kind of a loaded term because we think about preaching along the lines of like what I'm doing now, right? And so to be fair, God calls some people to preach. That's why I'm standing here is because when I was 14 years old, I sensed God calling me to preach the gospel and I surrendered to vocational ministry, knowing that God was raising me up and that he had placed a special call, a special unique burden on my life to to pastor, to shepherd, to lead, to preach, to proclaim the gospel. That's why I do what I do, and I love it. It's It's a passion of mine, preaching the gospel. But not everyone is called to stand in a pulpit and and pastor and shepherd a church and preach the gospel. But to be fair, every one of us who have trusted Jesus is called to proclaim Christ. And so in that sense, if we understand this word preaching to mean proclaim, then we're all called to preach. We're all called to proclaim the gospel. We're all called to share the message of Christ with others. And that's what it means to preach and proclaim. Now, pastors, shepherds of, of, of the church. We're, we're not the only ones who preach. God uses other people. We actually have, we have several people in our church who are gifted preachers, and they, they will preach. Sometimes they'll fill the pulpit here. Sometimes they'll, they'll go around to other local churches, and they'll preach, and they'll, and they'll fill the pulpit there, and, and, and they'll proclaim the message. So I don't mean to say that it's just pastors who preach, because maybe, maybe today God's going to be speaking to you, and, and maybe he's not calling you to pastor a church, but maybe he is calling you to preach. And if that's the case, then, then I want to talk. I want to visit at some point because I want to help be a resource for you. But even if it's not a call to preach, as it were, we're all called to proclaim. We're all called to share Christ, which is why he says, how will they call on him in whom they've not believed? That's, that's a rhetorical question, right? I mean, he's begging, he's begging the answer. 
He's saying, how will, how will they hear unless we go and we proclaim to them? That's the point. How will they call on Him if not they, in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him who they've not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach without someone being sent? So the point is that God is sending us. He's raising us up that we might be sent out to proclaim the gospel to share Christ, to proclaim the gospel with others. And then, in the next verse, he goes on, to, well, even in that verse, I, I really want to capture that last part of verse 15, he goes on to say, as it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How beautiful are the feet. This is about, this is about pursuing kingdom purpose, that God sends his people to pursue kingdom purpose. He sends his people to proclaim the gospel. He sends his people to pursue their kingdom purpose, meaning that we're all of us, every one of us, to be looking for ways that we can, that we can accomplish God's call and his purpose for our lives. And even if it's not to be a pastor, a shepherd of a church, it absolutely involves us sharing Christ with others, living with purpose, living with intentionality. Verse 15, he asks the question, how are they to preach unless they're sent? And so we're all sent, right? That's the point. As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those. Now that's a quotation from Isaiah chapter 52, 7. Let's give a little bit of context of what Isaiah 52, 7 is talking about. In Isaiah chapter 52, if you go back, you are in, in the context of what's happening in Isaiah. God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah and he's and he's preaching this message to Judah about the, the, the coming judgment that would happen. And then in Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53, there's this picture of God's suffering servant, the one that God would send to his people in order to share the message of Christ with them, in order to share the good news with them. But we see that the same people that God would come to in love to share the message of, of hope with would reject him. And so in Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53, we see the rejection of God's suffering servant. Well, we know that that was Jesus. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the suffering servant of Isaiah 52 and 53. And the point is that God's people did reject him. He came to his own, and yet his own rejected him. They, they didn't receive him. That doesn't mean that everyone, there were some who believed, but by and large, Judah rejected Jesus as the Messiah. They rejected God's overture of, of love in that he was reaching out to them. He was making the good news of salvation through faith in Christ available to them. But some believed, and some received, and some trusted. And that's the context of Isaiah 52. The beautiful feet is a picture of those who did respond in faith, and did go on to share, would go on to share that message. So the, the picture of the, the feet of those who bring the good news is a picture of a herald. In, in the day and time of Isaiah, in, in uh, you know, we'll just say in the 7th century B.C., so in an ancient time, an ancient culture with ancient uh, technologies and, and those sorts of things, the way that news would spread from city to city or village to village was 
was by a herald, someone who would go and would share that news. And so in Isaiah chapter 52, this picture of the herald who brings the good news, the, the messenger who brings the good news, is a picture of someone who has come to proclaim victory, someone who has come to proclaim the victory or the news of what's happened on the front line. So imagine that Imagine that the, the people of Judah have gone off to war, the men of Judah have gone off to war, and they're fighting the battle, and along the front, and, and, and they're victorious. Well, someone then would have to take that message and relay that message to the home front so that people at home could know what was taking place on the front line. And, and they didn't have radios, and they didn't have, uh, they didn't have telephones, and they didn't have telegraphs, or all the, the, the ways that we might think of that, that information might spread, Right? That literally someone would have to go. And so that someone, typically that herald, is someone who would literally run. They would run home. They would travel as fast as they could from the front line back to the home front to share the message. And you could imagine that when they arrived, they would be tired. They would be worn out. They would be physically exhausted. Their feet would be a mess too because they're running in a pair of sandals or, or, or barefoot, right? They didn't, have, they didn't have, again, modern advancements of running shoes. They didn't have all the technology that goes into our footwear today and all that sort of thing. But even though they might arrive at the home front with their, their feet bloodied and bruised from having run over rough terrain, that was a beautiful picture in the sight of those who would receive that message. And that's the, that's the, the, the element of what Paul is saying here. He's, he's lifting that from Isaiah 52, but he's, he's repurposing it for us to understand that what, the, what Isaiah foretold, what Isaiah was saying would happen, now has come to pass. That those who would share the message of Christ, that it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And so if we're going to be obedient to what God's calling us to do, we have to think of ourselves as the heralds. We have to think of ourselves as the ones that God is raising up, that he is sending with the message of Christ, sending with the good news, that we would take the gospel to those who need Jesus. That's what it means, is that we would, we would pursue our kingdom purpose. That's different for each of us to some degree, but it's the same in the sense that we're all being sent into a world that needs Jesus with the gospel. So no matter where you live, no matter where you work, no matter, no, no matter who you rub shoulders with on a regular basis, there's someone in your life who needs Jesus. There's someone in your life who's never responded by faith to the gospel. You might say, well, no, but all the people that I interact with are just the people in this church. Well, I promise you there's probably someone in this church who needs Jesus. And the point is that we're being called, those of us who have trusted Christ, to share that message, to go. And so we're being sent. So God sends his people to proclaim the gospel. He sends his people to pursue their kingdom purpose, to preach, to share Christ, to reach others around us. And third, we see God sends his people to live with passion for the gospel. To live with passion for the gospel. We get into verse 16 and we read, but they've not all obeyed the gospel because the question that, sort of the question that's begged is, well, haven't people responded? We're God's people, of course. Yes, we've responded. But Paul says not, not everyone. 
They've not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, who has believed what he's heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. There's only one way. There's only one way that we believe, and that is through hearing the word of Christ. And God is sending us so that others might hear the word of Christ. But in order to do that, We've got to have a passion for the gospel. We've got to have a burden to share Jesus with others. We've got to answer the call to share Christ with people around us. I think it's key that verse 16 asks the question, Lord, who has believed what he has heard? And then these words, from us. From us, right? That's the point. How are they going to hear? When we think about Chickasha and the surrounding area, when we think about those in our lives... How are they going to hear from us? But that won't happen unless we accept the challenge, unless we accept the call to live with passion for Jesus. Because the truth is, whatever it is that we're passionate about, that's the thing that we talk about. Whatever it is that we're, we're passionate about, that's what, we, that's, what we, that's what we engage others in conversation with. It's kind of a cliche way to think of this, but it's true. When we think that, you know, maybe you've got a favorite sports team or a favorite hobby or something that you're passionate about, and, and you like to talk to people about that. So if it, for example, football season is kicking up, right? And so if you love OU football, let's say, or you love OSU football, you're going to want to talk to people about OU or OSU football. And people get passionate about that. They have their team, and they love talking about their team, and they, they love... Uh, bantering and, and arguing and engaging with other people about that thing that they're passionate about. And even though you've heard someone say before, I wish we'd love Jesus the, the way that we love our football, I want you to think for a moment, though. Isn't it true, though, even though that is kind of cliche and, okay, we've all heard that, isn't it true, though, that when we're passionate about something, that's the thing that we want to talk about? That's the thing that we're driven to to, to think on, to, to, that's the thing that we want to engage others in conversation. That's the thing. How incredible would it be if this room full of people were passionate about the gospel and we understood it as our mission, our purpose, to go out and, and engage others around us with the hope of Christ, with the message of Christ, the gospel of Jesus. It was the, the famous preacher C.T. Studd who said, some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bells. I want to run a rescue mission within the yard of hell. I love that. I love that passion that's encapsulated in that, in that idea. That I don't want to just live my life in the, in the comforts of Christianity. But I want, to, I want to be sent by God into a lost world that needs Jesus. I want to be sent by by. Christ into the world to proclaim the message. The point is, in order to do that, we've got to seize the opportunity that's given to us. Verses 18 through 21, as he's closing out chapter 10, Paul writes about, he writes about Israel. Because the, the question that, that Paul anticipated his audience asking, he, he's, he's asking the question, and then he's answering the question, right? So in verse 18, he asks the question, 
But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. He says again in verse 19, but I ask, did Israel not? So Paul's anticipating the objections from his audience. He's anticipating the question. He's anticipating that those who are reading this in the church in Rome might say, but yeah, but Paul, you, but everybody's heard this. And Paul's saying, well, maybe they, maybe they have, but they haven't all responded. And maybe sometimes you feel like that. You, you think, well, yeah, but I mean, people around me, they know about Jesus. People in my world, people in my family, people that I work with, people that I, yeah, they, they've heard about Jesus. The question is, but are they living for him? It's not just about opportunity, it's about obedience. And that's a great question for us to ask of ourselves as well. Yeah, I've heard about Jesus, I've, I, I've responded. But are you living in obedience to what you know? Are you living with passion for the message of Christ? Because if we're going to reach people with the gospel, if we're going to proclaim Christ, if we're going to pursue our kingdom purpose, then we have to live with passion for the gospel. That has to be the thing that's driving us, the desire to reach people with the message of Christ. And to live with passion, we've got to walk in obedience. We've got to seize upon the opportunity that's been given to us to walk in obedience. And the point here is that Israel didn't. They didn't. And so as we hear that, may we be challenged that we would. Israel didn't. And that's the point of what he's saying about Moses, and, and, and he's quoting from Isaiah. He's talking about that God, God sent a word to his people. God spoke through Moses. He spoke through the prophet Isaiah. He gave his people the law. That's what Moses represents. And he gave his people the, 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 the call to live by the law. That's what Isaiah as a prophet represents here. That God gave his people his word. He gave his people his law. He gave them preachers and those who would share the message. And the, and the bottom line is people rejected that. I wonder if there are many of us in the room who we know the word... And, and we've heard good preaching and we've heard good teaching, maybe even today. And you've heard good teaching. The point isn't have we heard. The point ultimately is are we doing what we've heard? Are, it's not about just do we have the opportunity. Are we obeying the opportunity? Are we living in obedience to the word of Christ? If we're going to live in obedience, then we have to understand that we are being sent and so the last thing I want us to think about as, as we think about uh, being sent is that what begins with a burden in our hearts is meant to move to those who don't know Jesus. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. I know it's part of what we studied a few weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, but look at what he, he writes in chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Paul was burdened by those who didn't know Jesus. And so what did his burden move him to do? Well, ultimately, it was going to lead him to get out of his comfort zone and leave what he knew and go, right? But that movement began with prayer. Paul said, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I wonder, who are you praying for that they might be saved? 
Who are you praying for? Who is it that God has stirred your heart that they may know Jesus, that they may trust Him by faith? Who is it that God is calling you to share the message of Christ with, the gospel with? Living in obedience, being sent, begins with prayer. And so this morning, as we respond in a few minutes, as we move into that time of invitation, that time of response, I wonder... Would you be willing to to respond today, to take a step of obedience today by praying, God, send me. God, send me. Maybe there's someone that you know that when when I talk about who are you praying for, who's your one, maybe there's someone that instantly comes to mind. That's the person that God wants you to pray for. That's the person that God wants you to to, pray for pray about and even strategize how you might share Christ with them. And maybe nobody comes to mind right away. Well, even that is something to pray about then, isn't it? That you would pray, God, burden my heart for someone. So if someone is instantly comes to mind, then that's the person that God's burdening your heart with. But if no one comes to mind, then you can pray, Lord, I'm burdened that I don't have a burden, so would you move in my heart and and give me somebody. May there be some, point me in the direction of someone. Convict me, uh, lead me, guide me to someone who doesn't know you that I might share Christ with them. Would you be willing today to just take that simple step of obedience by praying for the one, praying for someone in your life, praying for someone in your world, that God would use you to take the message of Christ to them. My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. May we be so moved with the the need that, that exists around us for people to know Jesus, that we would be people who call out to God in prayer by name for people. But notice what, what I haven't said. What I've said this morning I feel like is important, but here's what, here's, l- l- let's consider for a minute what I haven't said as well. I, I didn't say that if we're going to be sent, then we have to have all the answers, because you don't, right? I didn't say that if you're to be sent, that you have to have the spiritual gift of evangelism. Some do, and God uses them in a powerful way, but not everyone does, but frankly, it doesn't matter whether you have the gift of evangelism or not, we're all sent regardless. I, I, didn't, say, I didn't say that if, if you're going to be sent, then you have to have just the right method, the right strategy, the right resource, the right tools, right? You don't have to take an EE class or you don't have to memorize the three circles or you don't have to. Now, those are all useful things. There are a lot of great tools and resources that are out there for us to, to, to use when we share Christ with someone else. But so much of the time, those things become excuses for us. Well, I don't have this or I'm not gifted in that way or I... It's important that we understand that we are all called to share Christ with others. We're all called to to reach those around us with the gospel. We're all sent into a world. And if you don't have what you need, if you're not equipped in the way that, that you ought to be, then can I challenge you? Get equipped. We offer a lot of great resources here, and there are a number of other things, and I'd I'd be happy to be a resource for you. That's what we do with things, right? When you need to know something, you figure it out. You figure out a way to do it. You don't know how to share Jesus with someone? Then get equipped. Talk to me. Talk to Brad. Visit with your Sunday school leader. Do what you need to do to get equipped. 
Because it's not an excuse, ultimately. It's not a there are no valid excuses. If we're saved by Jesus, then we're being sent into the world to share Christ with others. May we respond in obedience today so that others would hear the message of Christ and respond by faith to him. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of response. In our time of response today, if God is burdening your heart for someone that you might share Jesus with them, then I want to challenge you that you would take this opportunity. You would seize this opportunity to pray for that person. And if you're physically able and and, and if you can get to the front, then I would challenge you even to come to the altar this morning and kneel here in prayer to pray for that person. You don't have to do that, to be fair. You can pray from where you are. You can pray from anywhere. But there's something powerful when when we take steps of obedience, when we put feet to our faith and we say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move. I'm going to respond in obedience to you today. And if God's stirring your heart, I want to challenge you that you would do that. And that you would pray for that person or those people in your life that God is burdening your heart with. And if you're here and you've never responded to Christ, and you've heard this message this morning, and you realize there's never been a moment when I've taken that step, and even as we sing, I would challenge you that you would make today the day you surrender your life to Christ, that you would step out. I'll be here at the front ready to pray with you, ready to receive you. And I would love nothing more than to walk you through a prayer of faith, a prayer of surrender, that you might call on Jesus as Lord and Savior today, that you might respond, that you, even as it said in verse 13, might call on the name of the Lord in order that you might be saved from your sin. I want to encourage you to bow with me in prayer. And as we prepare for this moment of invitation, this moment of response, I'm going to lead us in a prayer that we would respond in obedience to what God is speaking to us as he's moving in our hearts today. Lord, move in us. Stir within us the desire, the conviction to respond. Give us a burden, Lord, for those around us. Move in our hearts that we might respond humbly in obedience to your word today. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, but this might be the moment, this might be the day that they would trust Jesus by faith, that they would call on you and receive forgiveness of their sin. And Lord, for those of us who have trusted you by faith, may we answer the call today to be sent into a world where people desperately need Jesus, that we may share Christ with others. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for sending us, that we get to be a part of your kingdom movement. So stir in us now as we respond obediently to you. All this we ask in your name. Amen.